This is Stephen Adams. And this is Kevin Dr- oh, sorry. <laughs> Kevin Durant. <laughs> You're Kevin Durant, mate. <laughs> good to see you, mate. Different complexion. Okay, let's go here. So, this is Stephen Adams. And this is Anna's Cantor. You're listening to the Down to Earth. Down to Dunk podcast. What? Down to, down to Dunk. Down to Dunk. I'll down say that. Dunk. Introduce yourself, mate. Here's Stephen Adams, and I'm Anna's Cantor. And you're listening to Down to Dunk podcast. Stay tuned. Welcome to Down to Dunk. This is your host, Andrew Schlecht. We are a part of DailyThunder.com and also AlmightyBaller.com. And with that dash radio, I'd like to welcome my good friend, Jay Smith. Jay, how are you? Hey, what's going on? It's good to be here. Jay, we we missed you being on the show at the live pod. You were, however, there. Uh, and we we want to thank a few people for that. If you got to come, it was great. We really appreciate you coming and supporting us and uh, listening to our show. We want to thank Chicken Express for showing up and bringing food for literally everyone that was there. So uh, if you have time, give Chicken Express a shout-out if you came and you ate their f- free food. So give them a shout-out on Twitter. Uh, if you have time to do that. And also shout out to Anthem for hosting uh, at their brewery. Uh, they have great beer. They have a great tap room. And it was really cool, the environment. I had a friend tell me that came that the environment was really cool because we're you know inside this huge brewery. Uh, we have the pod going. He said the rain was going on outside. He said it was just really cool. So uh, thanks for that. And you probably got to, some of you got to meet Jay, but Jay wasn't on the show. And I, I just miss hearing Jay's voice. So wanted to have him on today. Well, I appreciate that. It was really cool. So I had some other stuff I had to do that night and got to come. And I probably arrived. There's probably 20 minutes left on the podcast. But uh, when I got there, it was really cool just to get to experience, kind of watch the podcast from the outside. He had Fred Katz and Royce was there. And I don't know, man, there's not a lot better than the guests that you have and the way it went. And and I just thought it was one of the better, uh, I don't know, I thought it was one of the better I don't know. Maybe the and I hate saying that because I don't want to detract from anything else. But it just the feel, the vibe, and and some of the content I think was one of the better live pods we've done for a while. And so, but, but it was good. I mean, Chicken Express so good. And and here's the other thing I'll say this. So give them a shout out on Twitter. But if there is one in your world uh, anywhere, like somewhere around you, go eat there. Yeah. Obviously, it's good. I think the <laughs> primary way to get somebody addicted to something is to uh, give them just a little hit of it. And then they can hopefully come back and keep doing that. So, um, but man, it was a great podcast. It was. It was really fun to be on the other end of that and and, and showing up and just kind of getting experience that. But you did a great job, of course, and or you all did a great job uh, setting up the playoffs. And I think the reason we're speaking so much about that is not just to give props to those people, uh, but also because not a lot of exciting things to talk about from our, our game last night. I know. One, one eighteen to 87. The Thunder got just smashed. They were hanging in the first half. You really thought, oh, you know, maybe they can make a run. Maybe Oladipo will start hitting shots. Maybe Steven Adams will wake up. Uh, but then they scored 33 points in the second or the third and fourth quarters and the Rockets scored 30 alone in the third quarter and it was just it was just about over then it was 
it was bad, but uh, Jay and I both tend to be optimists. And let's first talk about the good things about this game, which are probably going to be very few in a very short conversation. And then we need to talk about the bad and what needs to change. So let's start with the good, Jay. What was what was good, if anything, last night? So so to highlight the best thing that they did, and, and I know there will be people that listen to this, especially people that probably are more down on this Thunder squad, is maybe it was just the, the Rockets missing shots, but they held the Rockets to 10 of 33 from the three-point line. It was something very intentional mm-hmm. that they did. Uh, they worked to make sure that the perimeter was guarded. And so the other flip coin of that, and, and we'll probably address this a little bit when we talk about the negative, is the fact that they gave up so much in the lane in order to guard the perimeter, which is kind of you have to pick your poison with this Rockets team. And I think people maybe are underestimating how fantastic this Rockets offense is. Like, one of the best offenses maybe in the history of the NBA. And so you do have to kind of pick your poison. Uh, but they held, you know, Harden with 3-11. I think the, the biggest, and I know we said don't use the word X, X factor, but for lack of better terms, I think Patrick Beverly was incredible. And I'll really say good. that he That's he not a good thing for the Thunder, though, Jay. I know, I know. Yeah, sorry. So, but what I was saying is to highlight the fact that if it wasn't for Patrick Beverly, like, yeah. there's a chance they would have been way more in this game, you know, which so sure. that's kind of, for me, it's a good thing uh, because, you know, Patrick Beverly, you hope, doesn't get to do this kind of thing. So let's let's highlight some good things. I think Jeremy Grant was incredible. Yeah. Uh, I think he, he, he got 27 minutes, which is probably a, a healthy place where he is. Um, I thought Russ you just know that he has the potential to be better. Yeah. Uh, but the highlight, I mean, the biggest thing was Andre Robertson. Like, without question, mm-hmm. he played his best game of the season. He was 4-6 on the three-point line. He was 7-10 uh, overall. He had 18 points, three blocks, two steals, seven rebounds. Like, he was just a maniac on that court. And, and here's the deal. is People can say, well, Harden still ended up having, what, 30 seven points uh but it was a hard 37 points and he really blew up in that in that late third quarter early fourth quarter and the other thing with that and and i know i'm trying to stay away from the bat, but there's not a lot of positives is the fact with robertson in this in this game is he can't be the only person playing defense yeah he can't. <laughs> and he was right um, yes i mean uh, obviously, the the I think the very best thing from from the game is that screen that Stephen Adams set on Patrick Beverly. I think <laughs> I think a lot of Thunder fans uh, really enjoyed that. It was a great screen, and that was like the only real Thunder moment from that game, right? I mean, there wasn't really anything else. Oladipo wasn't any good. Uh, we'll get a chance to talk about Ennis Cantor here in a minute. The rotations were really weird, um, and Russ just played a really awful game. He shot 26% from the field. Um, Victor Oladipo shot 8% from the field. It's It was just offensively, it was just an absolute mess. They could not figure out anything. And it's not like this Rockets team is some juggernaut defensive team. Uh, the Thunder should be able to score. But I felt like some of the rotations and just the way that they were playing, they were just shooting themselves in the foot over and over again, it felt like. Yeah, and I think so. Speaking a little bit on that is is we will probably talk about rotations way too much here as part of this podcast. But there is part of it where you saw one of the reasons that Houston can be good defensively against that Thunder team, especially with that darted squad, is that they basically said we'll put everybody in the paint and you all can beat us in the three point. And if Victor Oladipo is not hitting, uh, they're they're screwed. Like they're screwed if he can't hit a shot 
Well, and he you was know? taking. I mean, let's, we can. Do we need to say any? Are there any other good things, Jay? No, I don't think there's anything else I really want to share that All I right. think is good. On to the bad things. Oh, it's uh the the bad things today are sponsored by one of the best things in the world, Chicken Express. So go get yourself a family meal right now at Chicken Express, and you'll get yourself a <laughs> gallon of sweet tea, which is a really really good sweet tea so go check out chicken express today they have locations around oklahoma city if you're in the dallas area they are everywhere so go check out chicken express today get yourself a family meal they have cookies and smoothies at all locations now and they also have these apple pies they gave these to us at the the live show uh they were really good um so go to chicken express today they have a ton of sides they got great gravy go to chicken express today and now on to the bad things Jay? Yeah, I know. It's kind of like you got to say the good things in order to set you up for the bad things, right? right. We talk about Chicken Express. Everybody gets really excited. They're like, oh, I love Chicken Express. Maybe for a second it'll help me forget what happened last night. <laughs> so I think the very worst thing in my mind, Jay, is the fact that the Thunder got out-rebounded by the Houston yeah. Rockets. This is the best rebounding team in the league. Uh, and they got killed on the boards. And this team, sh- this should not happen. And this is one of the things you can point to to say, like, here's one of the ways the Thunder can be better. One of the ways the Thunder should be better. The Rockets had 14 offensive rebounds. One of them that sticks out in my mind was on a Patrick Beverly free throw. And his canter standing there should be boxing out in Nene. Nene just blows by him, grabs the ball, and dunks it on a free throw. It was just like the effort wasn't there, and it shows. I mean, the Thunder had seven offensive rebounds to the 14. 14 to the Houston Rockets. The Thunder had 41 rebounds overall. The Rockets had 56. When you're a team that plays big and, and at least says that your bigs are the, some of the better guys on your squad, you've got to out-rebound them. Clint Capella outplayed Steven Adams last night. Nene outplayed uh, Cantor. Uh, to me, that was like the most egregious thing just because that should be one of the Thunders. That should be one of the strong points for the Thunder, and it wasn't. Yeah, I, and so let me speak to a few things. I think number one is that their their game plan was part of that, to be honest. Like when they ended up pushing everybody out to the perimeter, they switched so heavily on the perimeter, like they're going to be out of position at the rim. Like it's just a reality. The thing that I can't handle and what should be something, if I was Steven Adams or Ennis Cantor or anybody on that team and Nene looked like it was 10 years ago mm-hmm. against us, I would be so embarrassed by the way I played that game. I mean, I can't, the level of how much that's unacceptable to me is just off the charts because he is not that good anymore. He's not that good. He's been good. He's been decent in stretches for Houston. I get that. But we should not allow Ennis Cantor, or not Ennis Cantor, Nene Hilario to be, I mean, he looked like Blake Griffin against us. <laughs> he, was finishing, good. he was finishing everything at the rim. He jump shots. He was, he was, I mean, he was really good. He had an offensive rating of 184 last <laughs> Not that, yeah. not that we should take anything for that, but yeah, he he was good. Some of it was scheme, like you said, but some of it was not <laughs> because yeah. Yeah. Capella grabbed rebounds away from Stephen Adams last night. Um, yeah, and that was there was one. I think so. I'll just say there was one. There was one primary moment where that happened. I think Stephen. I think Stephen is under a microscope 
Uh, I did not feel as he, that he was as bad last night as a lot of people probably assume. I don't think they're asking him to do things where he can't be him. What I would suggest is if you're going to slow down and you're going to be big, throw the ball in more to him. I think he can take Capella, and he did. He did a couple of times. Gets, if you watch, if you watch Capella's giving him, you know, because you have to pick your poison with a good low post player where you're either pushing them, you're going to have them spin kind of towards the lane, towards the middle, or you're going to give them the baseline. And Capella's given given Steven Adams the baseline, and they were held off. Like the Rockets obviously saw it because that backside defender is sinking into the lane. And, and Steven Adams, why he could be a focal point on the offense is if he can spin, which is his best move, where he spins to the baseline and he can get position and go up, you can either – go up and, and hopefully finish the basket. But if that defender can sneak over to the middle of the lane or stays there, he can make a good pass. And if you have a decent three point shooter on the other, on the opposing perimeter, like you could actually do something like that is a real thing that could actually be a resemblance of off or have a semblance of offense. The issue is, is that they don't go to him very much. And when he does, he gives it up too quickly. And the other part is when he spends, you have most of the time, Robertson standing in the other corner and, and a year worth of playing or two years of playing, with them makes Steven Adams not ever want to pass the ball to him. Uh, but I think that those are things like things you can hit on. The hard part is is that the Rockets, I don't foresee them shooting 30% from the, f- the three-point line again. Like I just don't see it. And so when you start trading threes for twos, you're in trouble. Um, yeah. Which is why they've got to have a, a better game from Russ. They've got to have a better game from Vic. And they need something positive from somebody on the bench, whether it's a Brinus or if they can figure out how to get Doug McDermott on the, on the floor or something, somebody that can stretch the floor a little bit. They've got to find for this team to do anything in the series. Yeah. And I mean, their, their strategy worked to an extent and they just have to be mm-hmm. better at it. I don't think they're going to necessarily change what they're doing on defense. Because I do think that this probably one of the smarter things to do is just immediately switch. A lot of people are like, "Well, the the Rockets just got the mismatch every time." Well, the Thunder that was their strategy. <laughs> like if you if you missed that, that that was the yes. Thunder strategy is to switch immediately. It wasn't a we're going to fight over the screen. Nope, we trust our big men to defend, and that's what they did. And it that allowed them to contest almost every three point shot. Um, yep. For this, a lot different than what we saw in the regular season, where they gave the Rockets tons of wide open shots. So, I think that I think that that could stay consistent with the Rockets, uh, but the Thunder have got to be able to turn it around um, on the offensive end. And Cantor was just bad, really, in every way that you can measure a game for him. His defense was awful. I mean, he got put in the spin cycle multiple times by James Harden, and you know, like I can't fault him for that but just the way that it looked if you'll go back and look at some of those plays it was i mean it was just really sad it was like a a puppy getting ready getting ready to be run over by a truck and you're just like staring into its eyes like no i'm like in a snow and it was just it was just really really bad uh and then on the offensive end man like could he be like any less dynamic on the offensive end I mean, it's you throw the ball into him. He's been a complete black hole for probably about two months, and his offense has suffered because of it. I mean, for a couple of months there, in the middle of the season, he was reading the defense. He was looking for ways to get his teammates involved. Uh, he has forgotten how to do that. <laughs> He's not doing that at all, and it is killing the Thunder offense because for some reason he was unable to score on Nene last night. And if Ennis Cantor isn't scoring... 
And he had eight points, so it's not like he was just, I mean, he wasn't just the worst ever. But he had three buckets last night. If he's not scoring at an efficient clip like Nene did, where he's hitting like six of eight shots, or seven of eight, or whatever he was last night, um, if he's not doing that, then he, he can't play. And Billy Donovan said it, <laughs> and the broadcast caught him saying yeah. it, so he can't play Cantor. And they can't. I mean, he's, I mean, honestly... I don't think that Demonis Sabonis would help a ton in this series, but if you have a guy that can space the floor more, if you have a guy that can pass the ball more, if you have a guy that can actually switch more than Cantor and is going to stay more solid than Cantor instead of, like, I feel like Cantor, I mean, it's like me playing like NBA 2K on defense where, like, I don't really know which toggle switch to to do and I'm just, he's just going everywhere. Demonis will at least stay solid. Uh, and I, I don't think that they'll make this move, uh, but they should. They should play Sabonis like those like eight to ten minutes or whatever, and then freaking play Todd Gibson. He played twenty minutes last night. He played twenty one minutes last night. Why? Why would you? I don't. I just don't get it. He, he needs to play thirty minutes a night minimum because he can switch. He can be that guy that can get out there and play defense, and he can do the same things on offense that Cantor does, or at least that they want him to do. I'm. And we can get to some other rotational things, but that's one thing that I just I'm like I don't I don't get it. Yeah, so I think you're so here's the so going back maybe a positive spin on it, right? This is where I'll get called a homer by a lot of people, which is fine. <laughs> um, number one is you can look back at the San Antonio game last year where they opened the series, they got blown to pieces, way worse than this game was. Uh, like it wasn't even close from the beginning. Which uh, I know everybody that's like, yeah, but we had Kevin Durant. Like I get it. I know that this team is not as good as that team, but I would say that this Rockets team maybe is not on the level of that Spurs team. Maybe I'm, maybe I'm wrong on that. So, so number one is that you recognize that, that this isn't the first time the Thunder have been blown out in a playoff series. It's not the first time or in a, in a playoff game. And, and so what you do see is the same thing we've always seen with Billy Donovan is he is looking at what, okay, this is what we did. It's like a game of chess. I've made this move. The air counter move was this. And so let's figure out what's next. And, and you could, you could see a change in rotations. I think, I think Sabonis on the floor is not a bad thing. He can stretch it a little bit. I think if you're going to, for me, Cantor doesn't touch the floor again, unless you want to par- pair him whenever Harden's not on the floor. And I mentioned that on Twitter yesterday, but, but if Harden sits and then you want to put Cantor in because nobody else is really going to take him off the ball as embarrassingly, maybe Lou Williams can, but, but not like James Harden. Not like Which that, James no. Harden, like Cantor, Cantor's not a good t- defender. Harden makes a lot of people look like idiots on the <laughs> He right? happens like to be really good, yeah. <laughs> yeah, so it's not the first person, nor will he be the last person that, that Harden has done that to. But, yeah. but for me, it's like he just cannot be on the floor, especially, like you said, if he's not getting anything on the offensive end, then it's just a waste of time. Lincoln Lending understands that not all lenders are created equal. With the most competitive interest rates and highly trained professionals, Lincoln Lending will communicate and accommodate your every need throughout the home buying process. Getting approved has never been easier with Lincoln Lending's new mobile app and website. Download the Lincoln Lending app in the App Store and Google Play Store. Visit our website at www.lincolnok.com or call 799-LEND to apply today. Lincoln Lending. Not all lenders are created equal. NMLS 398026. Uh, So part of me thinks that that I think Canner's minutes have to go down if not completely disappear, which is not the first time that that's happened. 
Billy Donovan had to do that at certain points last year. Against Golden playoffs. State. Just, yeah. yeah, I mean, I remember Here. playing game six where Donovan was, like, begging the official to let Ennis Cantor out of the game, basically. <laughs> it was a dead ball, and yeah. they were and they were trying to exchange it for Robertson. The Thunder have got to play like that again, and they don't have the personnel. We all, we're all well aware of that. Um but I, I don't know. We need to we need to see lineups where you have Todd Gibson at the center position. You have Jeremy Grant next to him with Abrinas and Oladipo out there, and see if you can get the offense going and switch everything because those guys can switch everything. I know Abrinas is really thin, but he can switch everything. I mean, and heck, even Dude. I mean, I, I I don't feel good about suggesting this, but even putting like. I don't understand the the Norris Cole thing, like. But if you if Billy Donovan <laughs> believes in Samaj, uh, and I don't, and I don't think this is a good idea, but I'm just saying, like, play play him if you're if that's your strategy, you know, and try to bring in guys that you think can do that. But whenever you're you you play these bigs that just can't, they just can't hang. Uh, you're playing lineups that are super screwy. I don't know, and, and you're right that this is not. We can't take this and just extend it throughout the rest of the series because Billy Donovan uh, is he's not going to do the same thing. He rarely did the same thing in any playoff game last season, yeah. and he's going to make major adjustments, and that's what the Thunder need, and they've got two days to figure it out, and then they've got to go execute. And a big thing to me is just effort. Like They just have to have better effort all around. I think Oladipo had some good moments defensively um, with his effort. I think Robertson had great effort. I don't think that Westbrook had great effort last night. I don't think Steven Adams had great effort last night. Todd Gibson was okay. Jeremy Grant was okay. Um, but nobody stuck out to me as if they were giving everything that they had. It just... I don't know. It was, it was a strange game, and it feels like Billy Donovan is feeling this series out. Um, it was it was very yeah. odd in a lot of ways. Yeah, it was, and I think so. I don't know if you listened to the low post when he had David Thorpe on, and they do eight minutes for every uh, series. Yep, yep. And and they, I mean, you know, it's not anything profound that David Thorpe threw out there, but he did hit on what's the most dangerous thing about the series potentially uh, is that Patrick Beverly. Um, has the tendency he's going to get? It's going to be a game, and it may be Wednesday night where Russ just torches him, like literally yeah. just torches him, and maybe scores forty five points and is super efficient, and even gets a triple double. Like there is a good chance that that's going to happen uh, at some point this this series. It may be the first game back in Oklahoma City or Oklahoma City. I don't know. But here's what Patrick Beverly does: is he gets that worst part of Russ amplified by a thousand in the sense that Russ feels challenged mm-hmm. and he feels like he the world is on his shoulders and he has to do everything in his power to, to win this game. And what happens most of the time when Russ does this is he starts to get really out of control. And we saw that uh, emphatically last night. And so that's what one of the things David Thorpe talked about in that podcast is he talked about that if, if Beverly can do this, it may be a shorter series than we could we even would think. But here's the thing. Thunder fans, number one, don't panic. Like, it's a four-game series. Like, I don't know how many times a cliche of a, a series doesn't start till somebody wins on the opposing team's home floor yeah. has been said. But but hear that. Like, that is a real thing. You don't ever want to go down 2-0 going home. Uh, but this team has always played poorly on the road. And they also need some time to adjust and figure out what, how to play in the playoffs. Because we mentioned five rotation players is their first ever playoff experience. And so uh, remember that. All of that pays, plays into the fact that it may – uh, it may look totally different on Wednesday night. The second thing, and this is what's really hard for me to hear, and it's really hard for Thunder fans to hear, is they 
may just not be as good as the Rockets are. And they may lose this series. And just just maybe enjoy the ride a little bit. And that's what's hard is the fact that they are the sixth seed and the Rockets are the three seed. The Rockets won eight to ten more games. You know, like so there's this part of it where it's like, remember that you maybe don't let your entire life hang in the balance of this series. <laughs> you know? I think you're asking a lot, Jay. I think you're asking way too much of Thunder fans. I know. But you get on Twitter and you're like, oh my, there are, we need to get some hotlines going up here so we can take care of some people, man. But like, hey, it's okay. It's okay. And and I, I really think, my, my my prediction is that the Thunder will bounce back on Wednesday. I don't know if they'll win, but it'll be a sure, uh, a, a heck of a lot closer on Wednesday night than it was the other night. And you're going to see the offense figure some things out. And then coming home, I think they can get one, if not both of the games back home. And so I don't I don't predict this game to be a sweep or this series to be a sweep. I don't think it'll be five games. I still think probably the Rockets and six make the most sense to me. But I think that, that, that Thunder fans have to kind of take this Monday morning. Everything It's in Oklahoma City. It's kind of calm outside. So just take a minute, breathe deep, and recognize that it's a long series. It is. And you also have to remember, this is year one of a rebuild. Yeah. This team is not designed for Russell Westbrook. I do, however, think that Thunder could still win this series. Uh, it doesn't look like it today. Uh, but I still believe that those the same things and the same reasons that um, that I picked them to win it, I still think that they could do those things. And they have the right coach to be able to make those adjustments. Uh, but they've got to be near perfect to make it happen. Uh, the, the Thunder have to have a lot of things go right for them to win this series. And you know, the Rockets are just going to continue to do what they do. Uh, Dan Tony's never a guy that makes a ton of adjustments, and they're just going to keep playing the same way. And it's probably more likely that the that the Rockets win, like you said, uh, and the Thunder go home after a first-round series. And you know what? If the Thunder come away from this season with the MVP and a first-round exit, that's not the worst thing to ever happen to a team after they lose their franchise player, right? <laughs> I mean... Yeah. And, and again, this is year one. The Thunder have a lot of work to do this summer. They've got a draft pick um, that they've got to nail this summer, and they have got to make some trades. There's some guys that don't fit. We're watching a guy before our eyes uh, in a scanter that just doesn't fit in this modern NBA. And more teams are going to be wanting to play like the Rockets than teams that yep. are going to be wanting to play like the Spurs or the Grizzlies, where the Thunder can match yeah. up against those teams. And those teams are, I mean, how much longer can those teams be those teams? I mean, the Grizzlies, they're probably not that much longer. They even don't even start um, Zach Randolph anymore. And the Spurs, I mean, we know Tim Duncan retired, but they've, they've got Pau Gasol, and they've got David Lee, and they've got LaMarcus Aldridge. And how much longer are they going to be a team that's going to play big like that? I don't, I don't know. <laughs> the Thunder are – I just don't know that they can sit – back and continue to be this big team um, when it's just not going to work around Russell. Uh, they've got to get yeah. more shooting. Um, What's, I was telling a friend last night that this team would have been really good in the 90s. <laughs> yeah, exactly. This the would have been really great against the Heat. I mean, they would have been a lot of fun against those old uh, Knicks teams, you know, like <laughs> – when you had one superstar and you surrounded with a bunch of guys, you know, and the yeah. bigs were used. It's just the shooting has just, and some of that's the reaction. I know I'm talking too much maybe on, on the basketball side of it for some people, but some of it is the change in the game, right? They started giving more and more space to the perimeter players because they wanted a more entertaining game. And so therefore, instead of being able to just basically get away with what would be a modern day foul, 
back in the day uh, yep. to where you weren't shooting a ton of threes. Instead, you went down and you're playing more down and out kind of offense. And so that, it's a big difference. And uh, and people need to recognize that, that the Thunder are a work in progress, like you said. And I, I think after watching this series, like I will be stunned stunned if Ennis Cantor is on this team next year. And I love Ennis. Like I, I think he has, I think he's got potential to be even better than he already is. Cause he's so young and he can become a little better defensively. But if you, you can't win in 2017, 2018 basketball with $40 million wrapped up in your center position, you just can't. Yeah. And he, so. he he's been a big part of this team this season and he's very talented, but um, you kind of have to lean toward that. If you're, yeah, if you're really paying attention, and not, yeah, and it's not like you're trying to get rid of Ennis for nothing. It's not like you're going to get, you know, well, I'll just get take get rid of him and then get, you know, a second rounder or something like that. Top like you're fifty second to round pick, yeah. <laughs> right, you're trying to get a wing that's going to come in and contribute. That's why that Wilson Chandler. Yeah, I know they don't need a Cantor in Denver, but yeah. but you know, you look at some guys like that that are out there could be on the market, and that's what makes the most sense. It's just hard to hard to imagine somebody want to take a runner on Ennis when they know they can probably get him for nothing if they really pushed. So. Uh, so what about rotations? What are some changes? I know you talked a little bit about some of the things you wanted to see. Uh, what was So first off, some surprising things about the rotations, and then what are things that you want to see change going into game two? Oh, I mean, there's a lot of things that I would like to see change going into game two. Uh, number one, let's, uh, let's go ahead and kill those Norris Cole at the two-guard lineups. I mean, they were just <laughs> atrocious. Um, our friend at... APR Harp asks uh, asks about Norris Cole Andy, playing. Andy Harp. Like, why yeah. did this even happen? Uh, I don't. <laughs> I don't know, Andy. I don't know, man. It was a really weird thing that Billy Donovan was doing. I, I just. I don't get it. I was expecting um, Kyle Singler to to just come on in the game at some point cause, because that made just as much sense as playing Norris Cole at the two sure. um, and not playing Doug McDermott. I know Doug McDermott, it's it's a defense thing. I get that. I get that. But we're talking about Norris Cole. Like, Norris Cole is not good. Uh, Samaj, again, you may be surprised to hear me say this, he's not any good. Uh, although he did bank a three last night that I just, I mean, I just could not stop laughing because he... Yeah, we'll say this. Clearly, intentionally did not did not mean to do that. Sure, um, Samaj Samaj isn't good, uh, but I'll tell you what he didn't have last night. Is he what he didn't feel overwhelmed by the moment. Well, and he uh, was one of the players, and I'll give this to him. And this is his NBA skill: is that he did not lack effort. No, yeah, that's what I'm saying. He, he I mean, he was doing it. He was trying to give it as much as he could, and I, I don't know. He he wasn't great, um, which is I don't think ever in the language of him. I think in I think in their mind, maybe they think that he could become Patrick Beverly. I mean, maybe, but Beverly could already shoot, um, and it takes Samaj, you know, five seconds to wind up a three-pointer. No, right. um, yeah. I just, I don't see it. I mean, I can understand that he's feisty, um, but maybe one out of 300 players that are feisty become Patrick Beverly, you know? <laughs> right. Yeah. Um, yeah, I think that's, those are adjustments now i mean they have to figure out ways for oladipo to get open shots and to be effective 
he was going to the basket a lot toward the beginning of the game, and then there was a stretch where he got to really take on every possession, and he was taking these step back twos. Like he looked like bad Dion Waiters out there. I mean, he was he yeah. was not good. He was one of twelve from the field. He was atrocious. I think that's an adjustment they need to make is figure out a way to get him involved in a way that he's comfortable because he was clearly very uncomfortable last night. Uh, Todd Gibson has to play more. I think that you play Steven Adams more still, even though I didn't I didn't love the minutes that he played last night, but he is more capable of switching out on the perimeter as a big man. I think Jeremy Grant's minutes were fine. I think Alex Sabrinas could even get a bump in minutes. Um, but they've got to start putting out lineups that can effectively switch um, and doing their best not to put Canner in those situations and maybe only play Canner a few minutes a game, maybe eight minutes a game. And then give Sabonis a chance or just play Taj more and play him at both big positions. So, I mean, those are things that they can do pretty easily, and I kind of expect at least some of those things to happen. Uh, and they they cannot they can't win this series if Victor Oladipo and Steven Adams um, have 12 points combined. Like, they need those guys to score. I know Adams isn't really involved in the offense, but they need him to score. They need this, He's got to score for this team to be effective. Victor Oladipo, he's the second-best scorer on this team. He's got to score for this team to win. I'm really glad Andre Robertson scored 18 points last night, but if he's our second-leading scorer again, this team's going to suck. They're going to be awful. <laughs> um, so don't – I don't know. I think like they kind of wasted an Andre Robertson game. Um, it was funny. He kept hitting threes from the exact same spot. Maybe just stand there, Andre. You've been standing in the wrong spot all season. Um, I don't know. He's – they just have to be – It's and this is maybe oversimplifying it. But they have to do – what they did on defense, I think they don't need to change the strategy, but I think they need to do it better. They just have to be better. And then they've got to find ways to get guys shots that they're comfortable with, um, and, and they need to not play in us. So those are, that's what I would do. Yeah. All right. You got any, uh, do we have any Twitter questions? We do. Uh, I think that we kind of answered most of them. So yeah, Sorry. You're a little over uh... – Overzealous on getting this thing going on on kind of our thoughts, and so yeah. if we didn't get to the question. We're so sorry. We are so sorry. Yeah, a lot of a lot of Norris Cole questions. Uh, we're as puzzled as you are. Uh, but shout out to Playoff Johnny, Zach Wilkerson, Todd Lytle, Stephen Rossi, um, Bangelope, Caleb Jones, Elgin <laughs> Thunder, the ninety seven Gunner, I teach all you guys. Dave Abbott, shout out to Dave. Thank you guys for asking questions. Really appreciate it. Alan Miller, thank you guys for asking questions. We uh, appreciate you guys being involved. We love having um, people be involved with us. We're, we're fans like you, and we, we love to talk thunder. So uh, continue to engage with us. You can follow us on Twitter at DTD Podcasts. You can uh, check us out, like I said, at dailythunder.com, almightyballer.com. If you have time, leave us a, a review on iTunes. Just click the five stars would be great uh, that's that's sufficient but if you have time leave us a nice note as well that would be super nice uh, anything else from you Jay well I, I want to see is there anything else from this weekend's playoffs that stood out to you just real oh, quick maybe maybe just a few minutes I know we talk a lot of thunder we are a thunder podcast but we also try to, to or we're a thunder uh, radio or whatever it is a, a thunder conversation but but if you look at the rest of the playoffs, and I just want to mention one thing, and I'll give you maybe one thing or two things that stood out to you. Yeah. The fact that the Clippers lost at home to the freaking Rudy Gobertless Jazz is just just be ready for the Clippers to blow <laughs> this up. They will not be the same team next year. And I and I expect if if Gobert can't go, 
And they say he has a hyperextended knee, and I don't really know what that means um, for like the future of this series. Um, he's going to try to come back by the end of the end. By, before this series is over, he's hoping to come back. Man, I mean, the Clippers have got to blow them out in game two. I mean, the Clippers have the talent to do it. They've got the group to do it. Um, but their role players didn't step up. Chris Paul just felt like he was on an island uh, whenever he's got an all-NBA center on his team and an all-star power forward. Uh, I think you're right. I, I, I think this ride is about to end. Even if they beat the Jazz, they're going to get stomped by the Warriors. I mean, they'll get absolutely stomped. I think both Chris and Blake leave. I mean, unless Chris really is in it to get as much money as possible, I think maybe he just gets that full extension. Um, But I've been saying this for a while. I think that the San Antonio Spurs make a ton of sense for Chris Paul, and they are going to have an opening of point guard. Uh, They could probably let Patty Mills go and then bring in Chris Paul to kind of usher in a new era with Kawhi Leonard. I think that makes a ton of sense. And then Blake, I mean, who knows with where he would go or want to go. Uh, But it's, it's going to be, it's going to be intriguing. And so people are still mentioning him as a Thunder destination. I don't really see that, but the Thunder would certainly welcome him. He would make them a lot lot better in this series. That's that's for sure. Um, As far as playoffs, I mean, that stuck out to me a lot. Uh, Also, Jimmy, Jimmy Butler, man, (laughs) <laughs> he's really good. Uh, the Celtics are in a really weird spot, especially with uh, the situation with Isaiah and his sister. Um, that's just awful, and I can't imagine playing yeah. under those circumstances. But he really played well, Isaiah Thomas did. Um, but the Bulls are the Bulls are a weird team, man. I, I don't get them. I don't get how they have gotten to where they are. I don't get how they can summon up the energy some nights, and then they lose to some of the worst teams in the league. But uh, here they are, and Jimmy Butler's the best player in the series, and sometimes that matters. Yeah, and I, I think that you're looking at a guy, I don't know how Chicago would ever let him go, uh, but that's one of those that if the Thunder could put together some pieces, man, I know the Chicago probably wouldn't trade back with the Thunder since we you know robbed them blind, but uh, <laughs> well, Jimmy I mean, Butler's a, he's a franchise-changing player, man. Uh, he's very, very good. Uh, the Thunder have been after him for a while, and that's that's who they that's who they wanted. That's who they wanted at the draft, and they ended up getting Oladipo and Sabonis instead. But uh, they and uh, twenty eight other teams would really like to have Jimmy Butler, and the same thing with Paul George. And Paul George also looking really really good with the Pacers. Um, the complexion of you know the franchises look a lot different when the playoffs are over, but right now. Uh, he's, I mean, he's very good, and the Pacers obviously would like to keep him. Uh, so it's going to, I think, beyond the playoffs, even it's going to be a really interesting summer because I think that we could see a lot of stars move and a lot of franchises really change. Uh, so it'll, it, it's, it's been a fun playoff so far, despite the Thunder being really bad. You got the Bucks. Yeah. Who looked yeah, Giannis just went crazy. Really good. I, I, and again, this is kind of like similar to the Thunder. Like, I don't expect the Raptors to look that bad again, uh, and I yeah. don't expect the Thunder to look this bad again. So, um, I think that we should just take the advice of Jay. Like, chill, just chill out. Like, try to just enjoy your day <laughs> and understand <laughs> that right. the Thunder are going to be better. I mean, Billy Donovan, if he's good at anything, he's good at making adjustments in playoff games and he showed that last season so 
uh, let's let's just wait. Let's see how. Let's see what adjustments he makes. Let's see how much better they can be because I do think that they're they're going to play better. Will they win the series? I I don't know. I don't. I would probably. I'm leaning towards no at this point. Um, but they're going to play better, and Russ is going to be better, and his teammates have to be better. So yeah. we'll we'll see. Yeah, just buckle up. And when I give that advice, I'm pretty much just giving it to myself, where it's like, don't let this ruin your day. Don't let this ruin your day. You know, but, but it is real, man. Sometimes I know it's hard to change our expectations for being in competition for the championship every year, but it's just the reality of where we are. It is. Uh, Jay, once again, thanks for being on the show. Well, um, Jay, Jay will be back on Friday. Uh, I'll be back uh, with John Hamm on Wednesday. Maybe not. Maybe not. Okay. I'm going to be out of town, actually, so... I know. Okay. I feel like I haven't been on a normal Friday pod, but like once in six weeks. But well, got vacations. We're going on vacation. Well, I'm doubly ooh, glad ooh. that you're going to be on this one. <laughs> I know, right? Thanks for inviting me. <laughs> yeah. All right. Uh, you guys have a great Monday. Enjoy the playoffs. Uh, and uh, don't be too sad.